Hey everybody, thank you so much for checking out today's episode of Coming Up In My Sneakers. Today we have Ava Blackwell, who is an actor and stunt performer, and she's best known for her work on Star Trek. Hey! Hey! What's <laughs> going like, on, Heather? Not much. Thanks so much for coming on. Via Zoom, of course. Yeah, um, thanks for having me. This is yeah, fun. Yeah, my pleasure. So I'll get right into it. Where did you sort of start your life? Where were you born and where did you grow up? I was born in Rocky View Hospital in Calgary, Alberta. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I grew up mostly there. Um, my Both my parents were military, so my dad moved around a lot. Um, my mom stayed in Calgary and followed my dad around and stayed with my mom and grew up there. Can I ask, I, I find that everybody from Calgary, and everyone from the West Coast calls says Calgary, Calgary, like how you just said it, but I feel like everyone from Toronto says Calgary. And it's I would so love funny. to know yeah, what no, is the proper can, pronunciation. Well, it's okay. So no, like I cannot get away without, with saying Calgary without somebody saying Calgary or Calgary. Um, and even people that are divided, like another good friend of mine, Alan Van Sprang, who's also from Calgary, will argue with me that it's Calgary and we will argue to the death. Really? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's just like, it's just a personal preference. I guess it's like Toronto is Toronto. Uh, but we call it Toronto. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I've always I've always said Calgary, and other people say Calgary. I don't know. Pick a lane, stick to it. Whatever. Okay, so there's no right because it's ironic that like like I have cousins that live out there, and like everyone that I've ever met that's from there, I've only ever heard Calgary. So I'm like, I feel like it either is just like an east west coast thing or like we're just all saying it wrong because like we're not I, yeah I've, i don't know i always say calgary and even like yeah i say calgary so that's okay. right to me <laughs> well, thank you for clearing that up i, I had to ask <laughs> i don't think i cleared it up <laughs> well no because now that you said that like somebody f also from there says it this way like now it's just like it's the personal preference it's not like it's a um you know a geographical thing mm -hmm. um Okay, cool. So your parents, that's really interesting. So they, um, so did you, so then you were able to sort of stay out in Calgary then and like grow up there, even though they were moving around a lot? Yeah, well, so my mom and dad got divorced when we were young and my mom was in the military. She got out when I was born. Thanks to me. I was her second career, she always says. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so she stayed there. So I went to school up until like uh, grade 11 year. I was always, the school year was spent in Calgary, Calgary. Now I'm very aware of how to say <laughs> <laughs> hyphenate. So anybody who identifies. <laughs> um, yeah, so I I'd always spent the school year in Calgary and then summer holidays were and Christmases were basically spent like following my dad around wherever he went. And where were some of the places that uh, you traveled with him? Uh, all over Canada, um, around Europe, Germany, um, mostly, mostly Canada, like every small town. He was stationed, like dad had active service in Afghanistan and Jerusalem, uh, the West Gaza Strip, the Golden Heights, all of those stuff, all of those places in uh, Israel. But um, I never went to any of those active, like hot zones, obviously, for obvious reasons. Yeah. 
And when you were uh, with him and just sort of like traveling around, were you guys on bases or like where were you living? Yeah, a mix of both. Sometimes it was PMQs, um, private military quarters. Oh, okay. They're private military quarters. And sometimes they're on a base and sometimes they're like dedicated residential areas for military personnel abroad. Uh, and then other times he would just be given, if it was a longer posting, he would just be given like an allotment to get a house wherever he wanted. So it was a mix. It was really a mix of everything. Hmm, nice. So yeah. uh, that's kind of good, though. It sounds like you got a little bit of structure, at least, staying with your mom during the school year. So, like, did that? Did you, like, look forward to doing, like, some, some of that traveling? Or were you kind of just, like, wanting to stay at home, usually? You know, that's a great question. I loved exploring. And, uh, yeah, I loved, I loved getting out and seeing my dad. And it was always kind of, like, getting to know him again a little bit, like, every time. Because I would have grown. He grew, like... We saw each other throughout the school year as well sometimes, but there was times where I didn't see my dad for like a year, you know? Mm -hmm. And when we got together, my sister, him and I, when we all got together, it was like we got to, it was like a getting to know each other again a little bit. So there was that added excitement of like getting to know my dad again, seeing his new life, exploring this new area, showing him what we had done, you know? It was cool. really cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, and were you into acting in drama and stuff, like, from a little kid age? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, always. Um, I didn't always know if it was something I wanted to pursue professionally until later on in my life. Uh, but especially when I was visiting my dad, that's how I would connect with the kids there over the summer. We There would be, like, a drama camp or whatever, and we'd, we'd go. Oh, something. cool. Yeah. So it was my way of, like, integrating into a new community. And then also at home in Calgary, it was, like, the most exciting part of my life it was band I was a band nerd as well I nice. did band karate and drama those were my kind of things fun yeah so when when did you decide that like okay this is a legit thing I'm, I want to do this professionally and and also like that it was possible because I feel like in Canada we kind of are less likely to pursue things like this because maybe we just think it's harder yeah well I think definitely in Canada we Generally, as a culture, we tend to play it safe. I think that's changing. Um, and I think that is a smart decision, especially right now, what our government is deciding to do with COVID. It, we're playing it safe. I think yeah. it's a safer thing culturally, and I'm very grateful for it. Um, but yeah, it was because I was living in Europe uh, with my dad. We were in Germany, stationed there at the time. I was finished high school, and I was looking for a job abroad. It was my first year out of high school, and I was with him. And I was looking for a job in Germany, but it was the middle of the recession. So they weren't really hiring. And I was oh, looking 08 at- 08 recession, I'm assuming? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, not at the 08. It was uh, 2000. Well, yeah, kind of like the end of that. It was 2011. Oh, 2000 and- When was that? 2009. Yeah, so you're right. The end of the Okay, 08. so like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Not that there's yeah, another one in our lifetime, but I was- yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, was you're, just you're curious. Correct. Okay. No, you're correct. I just got my timeline mixed up. <laughs> no problem. Um, uh, so yeah, they weren't hiring. Uh, and I was looking around at different film schools. And originally, I wasn't going to go for acting. I was going to go for cinematography or um, and screenwriting. That's what I wanted to do. But in Prague, they had this um, pilot program for acting for film specifically that was sort of a hybrid where you got all of the contemporary and classical training for both theater and film 
acting as well as um, exposure and integration into different film sets and screenwriting and stuff. So I applied thinking I would go the next year, but they, um, they saw my tape and they had one more international spot left because somebody had dropped out last minute and they were looking at new applicants and it was a mix of timing and talent, kind of right place, right time, right people. And I was accepted. That's awesome. And was it an English speaking program? Yeah, with people from all over the world. So our class, it was 10 actors globally selected and we had actors from uh, all over Europe, all over the, the States, a couple from Thailand. We had a Thai girl, we had, uh, we had a Chinese girl. And then the, the filmmaking side was 50 students from around the world. And like that was truly from all over the world. We had people from every continent except Antarctica. Cool. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, at that program. So it was like, and we worked very closely with them. It was the 10 actors and they had to pick, they, they picked from us because we were all friends. It was like, it was like the campus was very small. It was a small house and then a small black box theater right next to it um, in Prague, which was very charming. And we all would hang out in the cafes and we'd all go out together and uh i got to very early on see storytelling from a global perspective because these students were all making their own stories from their own cultures and perspectives in the middle of central europe it was very cool that's awesome that's a really cool yeah. experience yeah it was amazing and so what made you initially want to do like screenwriting and stuff like that if you had always kind of been into drama well, even when I was in drama in high school, we would write our own, like our teacher, I had, in junior high, I had Mr. Pantaluk. Hello, Mr. Pantaluk. And uh, mm -hmm. in high school, I had Ms. Stratulet. And uh, they were very influential mentors for me, both of them. And they were very much about kind of creating your own work. Like acting was, is a craft in and of itself. And it's a very important craft. But in order to have a well-rounded view on acting, you should also be creating your own work. You should write you should direct like you should understand what it's like to go it's a part of storytelling right and we're all telling stories so I don't know I was I always felt like I would act in my life but I would also integrate other aspects of it into my career and into my creative expression amazing and how long was that program in Prague how long were you there for it was a two-year program condensed into a one-year intensive um so we were there 10 to 12 hours a day. We were filming on the weekends. It was intense. Um, yeah, so it was one year and then I got hired by the chair of the school afterwards on as her assistant for casting. Um, so I stayed and I also worked professionally with as an actor with an English theater company and we turned around Central Europe. So yeah, my, my school program was one year but then I stayed uh, another year and a half. Nice. And was your dad there that whole time? Like, so were you able to live with no, him? No, dad was in, uh, dad was stationed between Germany and then to England. And then at the end of that time, he had to go back for another tour in Afghanistan. So, so you, okay. So you were there with him at the beginning for a little bit and then like, I just, just found your own place and all that. Yes, pretty much. And I would go visit my stepmom and my, like my stepmom and my little brother and sister, um, were still living on, base in England so I would go visit them sometimes but it's still like it's far it's it's basically like Toronto to Calgary or Toronto to Vancouver like it's not close you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Cool. So after your year and a half, so what did you do after that? I came back to Calgary. Um, I wanted to come home. I was a little bit homesick. I had, because before that too, I had been traveling and visiting my dad and living in New Brunswick and before that Holland. So I had had basically five and a half years of being away from really anything familiar and a lot of change. So I went back to Calgary. I only meant to go for a couple of months and then go back to Europe and get my permanent residence and stay there. That was the plan, but uh, I fell in love and I got a good job. And uh, wow. I stayed in Calgary for a few years. And What was the uh, job? It was, it was not related to film. It was, uh, I was the, um, uh, the manager for NARS Cosmetics, their counter at Holt Renfrew. And I was like in my early 20s, so it was a really good job. I was making great money. I was being really celebrated. I was winning national sales awards. I had artistry. I had a really great mentor, Shauna Jane Belrose. She's an amazing mentor of mine. And she really nurtured me into that role and encouraged me. Um, so yeah, it was a really supportive, cool growth time. And uh, then I got hired on as an actor to do a, uh, like a fringe festival tour of Canada. And so that was kind of the end of, uh, Fringe Festival is like, it's a bunch of theater festivals that, it's a circuit of theater performances that are around, I mean, around the world, essentially, but in Canada, we, you have different cities that host. So we did a, a Western Canada tour of, of this play called Bad Girls, Sunnyside Up. And it was cool. a comedy drama mix. Yeah. And how did that come? Sorry, go huh? ahead. How did that come up when you were kind of like stepped out of, out of the industry for a little bit? Like, I was you... still as active as you could be in Calgary. Like I was, uh, I was doing like, I had an agent and I was going on whatever auditions were available for me there. Um, and uh, this, the director, the writer and director, um, Robert, who's actually a, uh, uh, like a very talented horror writer um he reached out to me he found one of my videos on youtube and reached out to me and i, I originally couldn't make the audition and then uh i sent him in some stuff and he really liked it and hired me nice. so yeah that what was a youtube like, video like do you do do you, are you still active no, I wasn't, you know, I, I really regret that. That's one of my only regrets is that I had a pretty active YouTube channel going like when YouTube started becoming a thing. And then I didn't continue with it. And I lost the password. And it like, I, I don't know, like, I, I really regret that I should have stayed with it. But I was not focused on it at all. Yeah, you know, totally. Yeah. And what type of uh, videos were you making? just mostly comedy content and I would read monologues and put them up. And then I did like vlogs. I was essentially vlogging and doing like, I had my own channel with vlog comedy sketches and uh, monologues before it was popular. I was, I was just doing it. Um, and the views like back in 2010, 2011, we're getting like, like a couple thousand views organically, which was pretty cool for central Europe than coming to Western Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good, but I don't know. I was young and not focused, and I didn't see the value in it at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, it is, yeah, learn. exactly, live yeah. and learn, and it's also never too late, even though it's more competitive, but, like, 
you know, everything, even though it's more competitive, it's also easier. So it could be yeah, some of the true. things that were maybe like making you not focused, maybe now wouldn't be like a thing. Yeah. I mean, here. yes, absolutely. And if I feel that it fits into my lifestyle now, I would, I, I would start it again, but I just, I know what it takes to keep going. Cause a few years ago, I also had fangirl fights and then that kind of, what's that? Um, it's a cosplay web series that I had going on with a couple other people when, before I joined the union. And then when I joined the union, we stopped it. Um, and it was good. It was fun. It was like, uh, it was just a fun little cosplay series we had. That's awesome. For, yeah. One series. And it was good. But Scripted. Yeah. Oh no, she's frozen. Hello. Hey. Okay. You froze hey. for a sec. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, as you grow, you refine and you realize like what fits in your, your journey, what brings you fulfillment financially from an audience perspective, from a creative fulfillment perspective. So yeah, I may, I may start another YouTube channel, but I'd have to really like meditate on what I would want to say and what would keep me going. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, sorry, was your cosplay series scripted? Uh, yes, it was scripted and it was usually like physical comedy. It was physical comedy and a little bit of stunts mixed in. Um, it was good. It was a really good series. I liked it. It was solid and it got better as we went on. And the great thing about cosplay is like the production quality didn't have to start off great because it was just homemade. And then it got better as people kind of, as we formulated what we were doing and it was a great lesson in just starting somewhere and letting it grow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a big fear that people have is like, they're so afraid that it's like not going to be great. But like, if you've done that before, like I've done that with projects too, it's like, you just start and then like, it kind of becomes what it's going to become. And like, just, it almost becomes its own like thing. Yeah. It's, it's like, own baby. Like it's its own little. And it just, entity. it takes a personality and, and like whatever. And you're, and like, you just sit back and not that you sit back and watch, but like, obviously you're putting work into it, but like whatever usually things end up becoming, you could have absolutely never of like planned for that when you started. Cause it just like has to yeah, go exactly. through the emotions. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I agree. That's such a good like lesson to learn young too. Cause then you're like not afraid to start things afterwards. You're just like, yeah, it'll figure itself out. <laughs> yeah yeah and it's it's yeah it's kind of like parenting where you have to put a lot of active work into it but you got to be willing to let it grow on its own and you got to guide it yeah know? yeah totally. it's a fine line that's I awesome hear all the parents cringing they're like you're not you don't know what it's like to be a parent i'm like i kind of do actually <laughs> do, are you a parent do you have oh you have, you have little siblings no i'm not but when when my mom got like this is i have a lot of experience with kids my my mom uh, started a day home when I was young uh, when she got out of the military so I was sort of like her assistant <laughs> and because um, I was the oldest child and then I became the babysitter when she stopped that business and all the parents needed a babysitter and then my little brother and sister were born they're 14 and 17 years younger than me oh wow yeah so so you've been around like young kids formative years all that yeah yeah all of that stuff Changing nice. all the diapers, staying up at night. <laughs> always, like, always with their, like, their moms doing all the work. But, like, you know, I watched them and helped raise them, you know, as an active participant. Nice. Yeah. 
Cool. So you're in Calgary. Oh, and you said you fell in love. So did you, are you, um, were you still with that significant other when you were doing your tours and stuff? Yeah. And he was really supportive. We're not together anymore, but we were together for five years and we're still great friends. Um, and yeah, he was very, he was, uh, he was a big part of my life and I really value that relationship. I, I learned a lot from him and, and through that relationship. So Nice. He was the reason I was able to kind of, and it's just, yeah, it's a great lesson in like just supporting your partner. Cause there was times where I supported him through whatever he was going through. And when I was debating whether or not to quit my pretty cushy job at Holtz and go on this fringe festival tour, he was the one that was like, don't worry, babe, I got you. Like, we'll figure it out. Awesome. Yeah. Like do it and then we'll figure out whatever we need to do afterwards. So he really encouraged me and supported me through that. And also my transition to Toronto, like, because things weren't working out in Calgary, there was not enough work to fulfill me as a creative. And I wanted to grow my career. And he was the one that was encouraging me to, you know, go to Toronto and he would find a way to follow me here. And he did ultimately, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about that. So when did you make the move here and was it, yeah, I made the move here in uh, January of 2014. I can't believe it's been that much time already. Wow, and six years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is the longest place I've ever lived in, basically like my entire adult life since I was 16. So, wow. um, yeah, yeah. So, Toronto's offered me a lot of stability. It wasn't easy here. This was probably the hardest city to start in. I would say. Really, and why? Yeah. What makes you say that? I don't know. I thought it would be easy because I had started in other cities internationally with different cultures and different languages and done just fine. I just found Toronto. Uh, well, A, I moved here in the middle of the winter. Um, oh, so that God. was really, really, really hard. Um, I found it hard to just start here, to find an apartment, to get a job. I had a good contract with NARS. NARS actually helped me too. They offered me a contract when they were still at Holt Renfrew in Yorkdale. And uh, I, I worked there for a while, but then again, it became too much as I was getting integrated in, into acting. So I ended up having to leave them and I did freelance with them for a while. And um, they were also really good to me, really supportive. But like, yeah, just meeting people, finding a job, getting indoors, getting meetings when you don't know anybody in the city, it's lonely and it's rough. It's a, it was a rough start here. Uh, you, you, I had to have a lot of tenacity and perseverance and grow a pretty thick skin pretty quick. And, um, like, so when you came here, sorry, when you came here, um, did you have like an agent and stuff set up here already or did you just kind of like jump in and then go for it? No, I kind of just jumped in. Like I had the contract with NARS, like I had some income. I knew I had some income. Uh, I had a room with my friend Sterling in her house, but it was in Mississauga. And I also didn't understand the vastness of Toronto. Like, yeah. I didn't get it. I, I understood it theoretically, but I didn't understand, like, because I didn't have a car when I moved here either. Like, I sold my car, I left it in Alberta, and I just kind of packed up everything and came here. And I was like, eh, I can do this without a car. And I've been doing it, but it was really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like driving from Yorkdale downtown at like 3 a.m. is 20 minutes but at like 4 30 p.m. on a Tuesday is like an hour and a half. (laughs) Yeah exactly all of these things I didn't understand what it was like because even in Europe it's different like you don't have that kind of you don't have that kind of traffic and way of moving in the world so it was just really different and I did I wasn't really I 
maybe it was also because I thought it would be easier because I had lived in other countries and other cultures with language barriers and all that kind of stuff and done just fine. Yeah. So I well, I would think so too, because it's like, this is just a couple of provinces over. It's your own country, same language. Like what could yeah. be so diff difficult about it? Yeah, no, I found, I found Toronto really hard to get started in. And it was, uh, no, sorry. Yeah. I meant like, I meant like, I would think the same as no, you. No, no, not I, like, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I okay. understand. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I understand Thank you for, yeah, I understand. Um, but yeah, it was just such a surprise for me to find that it was actually really tough to get started here. Yeah. So when I'm, and you know, I was doing it relatively young and without many connections. And now that I know people in the city, it's, it's a lot easier. Mm -hmm. but when you didn't know anybody, it was, it was really, really hard. So did you start, like, you were working at NARS, and then did you start, like, right away sort of going on auditions and things like that, or did it take a while to sort of, like, get up and Yeah, that I did. I really just threw myself in. I was non-union at the time, so it was much easier. I used things like Mandy, and I got involved with Raindance, and I got involved in a few acting studios, like, for classes right away, just to kind of start to plug myself into the industry. I was like, What's the most accessible? And I'll go from there. And uh, it took a lot of energy. I probably, like, I, I, I found that it's like a project. Like, you start investing time and energy into something, you realize that's not the right alley to go down. Like, there's not enough resources there for you, so you got to switch lanes. It's a lot of time, and it was just a lot of trial and error, to be honest. Nice. Yeah. And, did you, and when was sort of your first, like, like, I don't want to say, like, big break, but, like, when did you finally kind of get, like, th that job that sort of led you on the trajectory that you're on now? Um, I mean, fairly recently, and it's a series, like, it's a series, it's not just, like, you sit down and you meet with one person and then it all starts rolling, like, you see the series when you look back of decisions and connections and small steps that led you to that one big break, so it wasn't like I was just doing everything and then something clicked, it was, like, I had been looking for a good agent for a while and finally one actor I had done like a small film that won a bunch of I'm I'm gonna ramp up to this okay so I just want people to understand that it's I'm leading up to the one thing that kind of got me on the track and then but it was like a series before that because people say a big break or an overnight s success and what they don't understand it's is like it's been simmering for 10 years or mm -hmm. five years or whatever before that actually happens right yeah so essentially like I'm running around trying like meeting people doing whatever I can I'm at this one networking thing I meet this one actor we become friends he eventually decides to refer me to his agent that is quite great I meet with that agent he signs me we go on auditions for years um and trying to get me from that non-union to union jump, like that's a big jump. So that jump happened with this, uh, a, an actor role on 12 Monkeys, uh, sci-fi series. And that was something I auditioned for and then forgot about. It was like my 300th audition or something in Toronto. And I didn't hear anything about it for a month. And oh, wow. uh, one day I, my agent called me and was like, hey, are you interested in this? And then boom, that was like what got me into the union and got me on my first uh, network television show. Nice. Yeah. And then that, then I was an apprentice. So in, because. And sorry, what year was that? That was in uh, 2016. Okay, cool. So I, I had been in Toronto for two years, really grinding hard. 
finally got a small part on a network television show. And then, and then I was union for, uh, as an apprentice for a year. And that's like your first kind of middle ground. You, you go from apprentice, you go from non-union to apprentice, then to full member. You need three apprentice permits in order to become a full member. And then you kind of have, um, full benefits as an actor member. Nice. Yeah. I don't know if that's boring or if that's interesting. I just, it's like, it just is what it is. And when you're in, when you're an apprentice, what a lot of people don't talk about is that when you're an actor apprentice, you're kind of in no man's land a little bit, like, because you're not non-union, so you can't do non-union work anymore, but you're not a full member. So you don't have the full benefits and the full, um, you, they have to see union members before they see apprentice Mm -hmm. members like full members before apprentice. So you're in limbo and it's a very quiet time for a lot of actors. Not for everybody. Everybody has their own journey. But for me, it was a year and a half of like a lot of auditions and a lot of close swings, but it was going to full members and that's okay. And then it just eventually took me um, going to another market and, and auditioning there and then getting something there. Cause I was more of an anomaly there. So what was the other market you went to? Uh, it was Montreal. Oh, I've I've talked to some other people in, in that business and they've said that they've had really good luck in Montreal. Yeah. It's slower now, but I just happened to obviously now with COVID, but even the last year it was pretty, it was a lot slower there. Um, and I mean, slower there for my category, it could be busy for uh, 35 to 50 year old Asian men, but it's not busy for 24 to 35 year old Caucasian women. Like it just like, you got to look at the acting market like that. Unfortunately it is changing, but like, yeah, different, different markets are going to be busier for different types of actors. Right. So you, did you ever move to Montreal or were you just kind of like staying there? No, I stay there. Like I have uh, friends and people and, that I can stay with there. And it's, it's a very affordable city to be a local hire in because Airbnbs are very cheap. Oh, you know, good. people are friendly. Yeah, it's, it's easy. So how long did you, like, did you like ever sort of like relocate there? Like you said, you went to another market. So was that sort of like a yeah, choice? It, wasn't, well, it was the closest market. It was kind of a crazy time because I was really fighting hard to, to become a full member and I was I saw opportunities and I was just going for them so I was working at a bar and I was doing events here in Toronto at as my bread and butter so I would work 12 hour shifts at the bar I would hop on a bus because my agent would call me and say hey you have an audition here tomorrow I would hop on a bus or a train or whatever um usually a bus or train because it would take me downtown to downtown it was sort of ultimately the the quickest and the most affordable I would learn my lines on the bus, I would go to my auditions, then I would get back on the bus and go back to Toronto. So it would be like, you know, marathon days of 12 to 13 hours on a bus for five minutes in a room, but it worked. Nice. What did you end up booking out there? Uh, Something I I can't talk about it yet because I still have an NDA signed, but, uh, and I don't want to ruin the surprise, but it'll be out uh, probably 2021. Okay. So was that like more of a recent thing that you did then? No, it was a few years ago, but it's a big project and a lot of animation. So these, those types of projects tend to take like a couple of years to be released. Right, right. That was, uh, when did we film that? I think 2018 we filmed it. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
Cool. And so how did you, or do you want to just like tell me everything else sort of like leading up to your work on Star Trek or how did that sort of come about? Yeah. So Star Trek started off as a very small role. Um, it was kind and this of is a the television series. Correct? Yes. This is Star Trek Discovery season two. Okay. And uh, I had, I had an old background. I don't, do background work but uh, I had an old like an old when I first got to Toronto an old background agent that called me and said hey uh, Star Trek's having a go see are you interested and I was like okay and a go see is essentially like you go and you meet the people who are involved in doing like the pool of work for that so I went um, and they just needed new faces for the season and I just wanted to go check it out and see like you know kind of where they filmed, what the ethos of the show is, and all that other stuff. So I showed up not really expecting much and not really wanting to accept background work because I audition regularly for the show. But I, I thought maybe if I could get like an alien or something where my face wasn't shown, I would consider it uh, just to get on set. So I went to the background go see. They, I didn't hear anything for a long time. And then she called, the background agent called me um, a few weeks later and was like, hey, can you get to set? right now and I was like uh I can but I don't want to blow my chances on the show they're like don't worry your face is gonna be covered so I said okay I showed up they had a costume um that and they had a bunch of girls that looked pretty much exactly like me tall thin fit um and they had about like similar measurements essentially and they were like okay whoever fits this costume needs to go to the prosthetics trailer <sighs> so uh like a Cinderella story, I put on the costume, it fit like a glove, fit me perfectly, fit me the best. So that's the first bit of luck, right? Nice. The first part is showing up. The second part is the luck where it just happens to fit you, right place, right time, right fit. Okay, off to the prosthetics trailer we go. I don't even, I still don't know what's going on. Um, and we go to the prosthetics trailer. Uh, they pop this giant head on me. Uh, I can't see anything. They lead me over to the studio. I don't know where I'm going. I'm blind. I can't, I can't see or hear anything. I just have somebody by the hand guiding me. Um, and they walk me into a dark studio and it's very hushed, very quiet. Uh, and they lead me up these stairs. And then all of a sudden, like through the little tiny holes that I can see, I have 10% vision through these pencil hole erasers. Oh my uh, God. Like, and this 12 pound prosthetic on my head. Um, uh, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when it's all sitting directly like on the top of your head, going down your neck and spine, it's a lot to get used to. Um, and then people are grabbing me by the hand. I now know that this is like the showrunner. Uh, it's the executive producer and the director and they're all like gathered around me and I'm having a camera test and I didn't, you know, <laughs> camera <laughs> testing for this for Star Trek. And I like, I kind of tuned in. I'm like trying to accommodate. I'm like, I'm sorry. The, what it sounds like when I'm in Osnala is like Alex Kurtzman is talking to me and he's like, can I get you to do this? And I'm like, I'm swift, really. I can't hear you. I can't hear anything. What do you need me to do? Like, <laughs> like I'm just, I'm trying my best. And they're like, okay, we need you to walk around, like turn your head, turn this way, turn that way. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so I'm doing it. I'm slamming off the, like, I now know that I'm on the, like, now in retrospect because I've got the behind the scenes videos and they've sent me like they've told me the story is like yeah you were brought up to the bridge of the discovery and we had you walk around essentially and like type on things I know what I'm, I was doing now but at the time it was like I was just literally 
feeling my way through a blind. And I smashed off the spore drive, which is now like my character's station, if you watch season, season two. Um, that's what I operate now, but I was smashing off of it. I tripped up the stairs. I, you know, <laughs> I think I almost hit one of the cameras. Um, but they were very uh, accommodating, like with me. And um, yeah, they shook my hand and then they gave me some dates and then I was on the show. And I was only supposed to show up for one or two days, uh, but they liked me. So they just kept bringing me back. Nice. And so are yeah. you like a, a reoccurring character now? On uh, last season I was, and the third season everybody will have to wait and see when it comes out. Nice, <laughs> amazing. Yeah, sorry, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to. No, no, no. It's okay. I, I'm, I'm you into like, it. <laughs> new for, like I'm just like mm, I can't say anything. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to ruin the surprise. I hear you. Um, that's really cool. It's interesting that they wouldn't just say like, hey, you know, you're walking into this and you're going to be doing a test. Like it's it, like, but it was like, yeah, no, I just like. I think essentially like they, like, I think that was communicated to different people and it was clear to them. It was just like, it was one of those things where they weren't trying to be secretive about it, but everybody had so much pressure on them to like fix this and get it done. Yeah. And pro you know what? I was in the prosthetics and people could have been saying that to me, but I couldn't hear anything. Right, right, you know right. I mean? like, it could have just been lost in communication because they are so professional on that show and they are a huge family and they are very supportive. Uh, but they were just under a lot of pressure and had to move fast because they had a performer quit on them because they oh. they couldn't hack that prosthetic. That's what happened. Like they needed somebody now. Oh, okay. and I just happened to be there. No, Star Trek is like the the best show, the most professional show, the most um, you know open and accepting and forward thinking cast crew storytelling that I've ever experienced. They're amazing. They're phenomenal. They're really, they're really leaders in that way. So I don't want to paint them in a way that they weren't being professional. They were, they, no, I wasn't trying to say that either. It's just like funny how, but I guess sometimes people are moving so fast. They're just like, well, yeah, like move over here and then like off you go. Like they don't even have time. Yeah. For me, that was just a lesson in like, just go with it. Like, just like deal with it, go with it. And then yeah. like pick up the details later. Cause it could be a really good thing, you yeah. know? Um, where did that, uh, shoot? Was that, like, on a soundstage, uh, uh Yeah, they shoot in a, they shoot here in Toronto, um, and they shoot at, uh, various studios around Toronto. Nice. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, okay, so I, I guess, I know you can't really say too much about that, but are you, are you working on any other productions? Well, I guess currently you're not, obviously, because everything's been- Yeah, currently I'm not, uh, we do have, I was working on EFC movie. I have a lead in, in, in EFC, which is a female MMA fight film. And oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. I'm excited for that to come out. Obviously, What's EFC? Like, EFC is, uh, well, you have to watch the movie, but it's um, Excelsius Fighting Championships. So it's a oh, so it's like Okay, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking it was like a network. Of, or something. Okay. It's in the world of the film. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, but it's all female driven, um, really cool storytelling, really talented actors and, and stunt performers on that show. I'm really excited for that to come out. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's caught up in like the post snares of COVID and everything right now. So yeah, it's slowed down, but it's, they're moving as fast as they can. Nice. Yeah. And anything else happening? Um, just 
you know what has happened in this time is it's all gone to voiceover basically. So my voiceover auditions have really uh, picked up quickly. I've really had to uh, change lanes and really focus on that a lot more. I was always part of my focus, but it wasn't my main focus. And I've just been doing a lot of like weapons work and stunts training on my own here while everything is kind of at a halt. Yeah. What, uh, what stunt work have you done? Because I know we mentioned that at the beginning, but. Yeah, so I, I can't talk about everything that I've done, obviously, but uh, I've doubled. You can check out my um, IMDb for a few things that I've been on. Um, and I'm just kind of just starting. I, I kind of started down the road into stunts for a little while uh, uh, a few years ago and then stopped because I was really busy as an actor. And uh, now I'm kind of mixing the two. So where my specialty kind of lies is in the fact that I'm really tall. Um, How tall are I'm, you? I'm, I mean, I'm really tall for a girl. I'm just under six feet. I say I'm six you feet on a good are? day. You <laughs> are? Oh my God, I would never, I like can't even, like, not that I can't tell, I guess you're sitting down, so it like would be impossible, but I just didn't expect yeah. that. I thought you were going to say like five, nine or something. No, yeah, I'm like uh, barefoot standing straight. I'm five eleven and a half. Um, oh, wow. And if, you know, I'm, I'm six feet. I tell people I'm basically six feet. And, uh, I, uh, yeah, I'm a, in stunts. It took me a while to really understand like where I lie because I have a lot of modeling experience. I, I understand how to mimic movement really well. So I can double actors quite easily. Like I just watch how they move and I can mimic that body language. So and the way they move. So that's a good skill to have as a double. I uh, can do anything you need me to do in prosthetics. Like you can put me in whatever crazy contacts, um, false teeth, glue, whatever crazy suit you need to put me in and I'll just do it and I can move. And I have weapons training and a martial arts background. And now I've, I've put a lot of work into understanding how to sell hits and reactions for different camera angles and lines. I've had a lot of great mentors and just training. You know, I'm training lots and where I can help out uh, like a team. And when coordinators want to hire me, I just want to make sure I'm really ready, you know? Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And uh, before I let you go, what's um, like, I guess, like a, a dream project that you'd want to work on or like any goals that you have, like for when COVID is over, like, are you chasing after sort of anything or? Uh, well, I'm finishing up my paperwork to go to the States. So like, yeah, I don't really love to talk about things before they're done, but like I'm my the same. next step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my next step Sorry is kind I of like, <laughs> no, 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 it's a great question, but I also want to like temper this where I'm like, okay, I'm going to tell you because I want people to kind of know what it's like to be in my position, especially if and and beyond like if you're as other actors other other people are listening to this because they want to understand what it's like to be in my shoes obviously yeah so yeah um i'm kind of in the midst of doing my paperwork for the states and uh i have my sights set on la just to grow because it's a it's a larger market i want to understand what it's like to work and compete there i still love toronto i want to be here and work um i love it here uh I've got a couple of series that we're pitching to different studios and like it's a really cool role that I really want to play in a very cool universe and a story that I think would do well to be told now. Um, and I just want to do a lot more stunts work and challenge my mind and body and craft, you know?
Amazing, I do. Yes, well, not exactly, but I I hear with what I hear. Uh, yeah, you what you're saying. Yeah, yes. Yeah, <laughs> um, well, that's amazing. I'm sure that will probably all happen in due time. Um, and yeah, I hear you. Like in the sense of, I always kind of think like you you can only do so much here, and then you almost kind of have to go to the states at some point. Um, yeah, you just gotta grow. Grow, yeah. Yeah, you just gotta grow. It's a bigger pool and. Uh, it's another transition in your life. Yeah, totally. Amazing. Um, oh yeah. And then very, very, very last thing to ask you, what is like a main sort of piece of advice you'd give to someone who's, uh, along the same path as you? Cool. Yeah. Don't be afraid to focus, like just cut out the noise and focus on yourself and what you need to do. And don't be afraid to start things. Like we kind of talked about, if you want to just, if you want to do something, if you think it'll help you, start it and if it's not worth your time you can always stop later simple enough but a lot of time people are afraid of that <laughs> i know i'm afraid of it you know yeah lots Takes of things practice. to be afraid of but like i think it's about working on yourself uh working on your own self-awareness and and keeping your mind body spirit fit and healthy and growing and then you can trust yourself if you if you know you're putting active work into yourself you know to make totally. Yeah. Totally. Well, thanks so much. I really appreciate you telling me your story and everyone listening. Um, and you guys can follow Ava on Instagram at Ava underscore Blackwell. So it's A-V-A-A-H underscore B-L-A-C-K-W-E-L-L. Um, and if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts and you want to give the podcast five stars, that's awesome. And of course, you can follow um, us on Instagram or me on Instagram at coming up in my sneakers. Otherwise, that's it. I hope everyone has a great week and don't get caught wearing dirty sneakers. Bye, guys.